It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports uh, Podcast. Yes, the uh, rumors of my demise are, uh, greatly, are incomplete again. Greatly exaggerated. I am here. I am back. Uh, and, uh, well, I guess I'm as healthy as I'm going to be. <laughs> All right. Well, just in time because you have a couple of big doubleheaders the next two days. Yeah, it's going to be fun. At least I can get back into the saddle in a good way uh, and see the the, the top, what we think are the top four teams in the BWAC uh, go uh, head-to-head. And it starts with uh, a Richmond-Elmont doubleheader that's extremely important to Elmont. Right. And now for Richmond, because of an upset last week, all they can do is play spoiler. They're out of the title race. Yeah. We're going to have a new champion for the first time in, what, eight years. Yeah, it's it's been a while since the Blue Devils haven't claimed a, at least a piece of this uh, crown. But the teams that are still trying to get their hands on it have big games because then tomorrow, Algonac will have two big games at North Branch. So uh, it's there's still a lot to be decided, and these are four Really unpredictable games that if I had to predict, I'd just say it's a split right down the middle and everybody wins a game, but you know that that's, it's the BWAC and it's probably not going to happen that way. Right, and I have the baseball version of that. Yeah, coming, which up. will be fun. Absolutely, and well, a lot more because we even this week get a district started. Yes. <laughs> which is a weird situation. Yeah. I talked about it on Friday's show, but it's, it's just a weird situation. Yeah, so on yeah on Friday, technically, we get a, a pre-district uh, game. It's both a regular season and a postseason game in one. Light at the beginning of next week. I think there's another pre-district game mm-hmm. uh, early in the week. And then we really get cooking Friday and Saturdays of next week with uh, a lot of uh, action. But in the meantime... This, I guess, we'll call it the final week of the regular season. For all intents and purposes. Um, there might be some straggling games next week, but um, we'll be pretty busy. So right. We'll, and we'll be very busy talking about what happened over the weekend because mm-hmm. there was a ton. Uh, and I apologize because we were planning on bringing you a lot of that ton, uh, and it just didn't happen. Uh, but uh, we'll make it up for you uh, by doing a ton this week. Sounds good. All right. So we'll get it all going in just a sec. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badaxe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. 
team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Garrett Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Garrett Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Garrett Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. and serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin has daily specials like Taco Tuesday, Polish Wednesday, Italian Thursday, Prime Rib Friday, Barbecue Rib Saturday, and Homestyle Sunday. Come and try Chef Susie's world-famous soups and sauces, too. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. We're all friends here. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, you're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady, and let's uh, get uh, hopping to it and start with uh, some softball action from Friday, uh, Brady. And and it's kind of scrambled and jumbly because there was a lot uh, going on. But I want to go to the ones that were league games in in the BWAC. The Richmond Armada doubleheader because I think that's the big story from Friday. Yeah, it is. And kind of an innocuous one that you didn't really think much of. Um, Armada had been struggling in league play before that game. I mean, they were three and seven. They were just around. Like, you knew they could hit, but you didn't think they'd have much. And in game one, it kind of went the way you thought it would. I mean, Katie Shoeboy was dealing. And in game one, it was a, a, a cruising victory for our, for Richmond, eight to nothing. Shoeboy goes seven innings, strikes out 16, three hits, another really solid performance. Ashley Stafford at the plate had two hits, a double that drove in two, and Liz Shoeboy had two hits, including one that went over the fence and drove in two more. So 8 nothing Richmond, and you go, sounds about right. Yeah, you're like, all is well here. Yeah. Katie Shoeboy's got her stuff today. Armada doesn't have a all chance. Right, yep, all right, move the season along. Yep, get this doubleheader in. Well, I don't know if Richmond relaxed. I don't know if Armada figured it out. But Katie Shoeboy started game two. Didn't last very long. 14-4 to was the final. Armada wins this one. 
And, I mean, if Armado wins a close one, things happen. But I don't think anyone would have ever guessed Armado would have mercied Richmond. No, I mean, and again, Armada can hit. They, they really can, but generally not, you know, the elite pitchers. I mean, and not this much. Like, yeah. they hit, they'll put up seven, eight runs, but 14 runs against J.D. Shoeboy, that, I mean, either they made the adjustment or Richmond went, all right, well, we took game one, no problem. Let's run it back. All right, roll the ball out, and we'll get this over with. Yeah, I mean, because there's there's a lot going on here, and the Armada bats go from 16 strikeouts to they're strafing the ball all over the place. Brooklyn uh, Pratt had three hits and knocked in two runs. Leah Nock had three hits, including a double, and drove in two. Taylor Capozo had two doubles and three RBIs. Natalie Sauer, have a day. Four hits, a home run, three RBIs. Jenna Mayday with a hit and an RBI. Kendall Schlotka had a home run and drove in two. And Andrea Cox uh, added uh, two hits. And Armada, after in game one, getting three hits and striking out 16 times and while having four base runners in the game, suddenly have a cha-cha line going against essentially the same pitcher. Now, I know Shoeboy didn't pitch the whole game, but they basically, they ran after, her. after not touching her, they, they had her out of there in two innings. Yeah, her Shoeboy's final line, and it was stunning because we've seen her when she's on, and that's 16 Ks, and this Armada lineup, she went one and a third innings, gave up six hits, five earned, walked two, and it just seemed like Armada had her timed up, had a whether maybe she, they had a read on her or whatever. Armada started just hitting the ball all over the place, and it took until the final week of the season for both baseball and softball, and unfortunately for the Blue Devils, the big upsets in the BWAC both come at their expense. Yeah, which is, uh, again, this one just kind of surprised me. I mean, I we, we say that these upsets can happen. The The team that, that I envisioned knocking somebody off this year was Imlay City. Right. You know, I, nothing, again, nothing against Armada. I like Armada. I actually think, like, Armada is as strong as some of our MAC teams. Right. But I just think the MAC is a different league than the top half of the BWAC. And Armada's in an island on their district. They could come out of that one. Yeah. They could be as good as the other teams over there. Because it's what, like, Notre Dame, Prep, Lutheran, North, and Ortonville, Brandon? Yeah. And I don't know a lot about those teams, but again, I know that Armada will hit a, against a lot of pitching. And lost in the 14 runs. They only gave up four. Yeah. And I know Richmond, of all the top teams, maybe isn't the strongest hitting as some of the others, but they still put up big runs, especially when they're not play, playing those teams we deem elite. They usually are putting up seven, eight, nine runs. I mean, look, game one, they put up eight. Yeah. Well, game they, two, they, they get held to four. They, they put the bat on the ball, generally. Right. Um, and, and again, in, in, this, in these two games... The the name that's missing for me, I don't see Piper Clark's name anywhere. No. And Ashley Stafford had two hits uh, and another double and an RBI. So she had a pretty good doubleheader. Liz Shoeboy, another hit in an RBI. Lauren Teltow drove in two runs. But uh, when you look at the way it went, 7-1 to one after two innings. And I, I don't know. Was Richmond just kind of shell-shocked and could never recover? Yeah. Um, Armada just kept things rolling, but that's the big...
big, big story from Friday is now Richmond with the loss is three games back with two to go. They're eliminated. The best they can do is third place because both Almont and Algonac only have the one loss. Yeah, uh, and Richmond's got their, their two games are with Almont, a big rival. Yep. There's a little bit of backstory and hatred between these two teams. Uh, they played each other in the postseason last year. They don't like each other, uh, which makes it more fun. Right. Uh, and they're big games for Almont. So does Richmond have pride here and go out and try to spoil this thing for Almont? Or uh, does Richmond absolutely. mail it in? I think absolutely. And if nothing else, you use it as a tune-up for districts. Yeah. Because you got a tough if, one. If you let yourself wallow for the next week, your season's going to be done, and it's going to be done very quickly without anything, without anyone uh, really being able to recover. In one bad game, don't let one bad game take you into the next one. Because if Almont gets a hold of you now, all of a sudden you've lost three straight, and the confidence may waver a bit. You go, and even if you split with Almont and play well, just get that mojo back, get Shoeboy back on the mound. Because if you handle this Almont lineup, yeah, no one's going to remember that Armada game. Yeah, absolutely. That That's the way to get that out of your And it's not as if Richmond was on the doorstep of a BWAC title. They needed a lot of help. They essentially uh, needed they needed to sweep and North Branch needed to sweep. While not impossible, was improbable for all four games to go that way, but they still had a chance now. It, best we can do is, well, I don't think we can do, uh, we could still have a three-way tie. If Richmond and North Branch both sweep, just Richmond would be a game back. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> it is. It's, and it's, it's the BWAC. Yes, it is. And I like that uh, you get both these series on different days. Yes. So you get to see the, the final four games that decide the BWAC. You'll know, okay, if Almont, you're, it's Almont tonight, right? Or, yeah, we're in Almont tonight so that, for Almont Richmond. So that one decides, all right. If Almont sweeps, they don't have anything to worry about. They know they're getting a banner. They know another number's going up on the on the banner in the gym, and they don't really have to worry about Algonac North Branch. But if you split, now you're a little nervous yeah, because, because you know Algonac has the ability to sweep. Yeah, You know that you're really rooting for North Branch. If you win both, yeah, you want the outright title, but it at that point it's Yeah, I mean, you're still a North Branch fan. But you're not if, sitting there either you know, driving out to North Branch no. or, or refreshing Game Changer every two yeah. seconds trying to see what the scores you, are. You know you're good no matter what happens in those games. And if they happen to win one for you, then you're the outright champs even better. But right. you, you can still go to sleep tonight knowing right. that you, you've got a The worst a title. you're doing is a share of the championship. Yeah. All right. Other games. No from, disgrace in that league. Right. From Friday, uh, well, we'll talk about the SC4 tournament in a bit. Uh, but Cassidy played MLA City. Cassidy's pretty good in D3. Uh, they blanked MLA City 10 to nothing. Which, the last time I saw MLA City, they actually played a pretty good doubleheader at Algonac. They lost both games, but Bomberito was Bomberito in game one. And right. then when it got a hairy in game two, Bomberito came in and was Bomberito again. Right. <laughs> um. 
All right, so that will take us to the SC4 tournament, which was basically, what did they have, like 18 games over two days? And it seems like Chippewa Valley played in 17 of them. Yes, so it was what? <laughs> Chippewa Valley and Romeo were the only non-area teams. Yeah. And then you had Algonac, you had North Branch, you had Marysville, you had St. Clair, you had Marine City, and you had Port Huron Northern. So that's what, eight, I think I just counted. Yeah. Um, and they played a lot. It was either at the SC4 field at Marysville Park or it was at Marysville High School to have two sites. And it got started on Friday. Well, part of it got started Friday. It got rained out. Marine City Crosslex were supposed to play. Um, it says it went final. I believe these were time-limited games because some went seven. Some went as short as four. This one, after three innings, was 8-4 Marine City over Crosslex. I don't know if that's an official final because it only went three innings before the rain came in. But both game changers had it set as final. I don't know if that's just because they said, whatever, we're not remaking this, so <laughs> end, end the game. Um, but that was the score when that one got rained out. Uh, Marysville earlier in the night beat Chippewa Valley 10-6. to Avery Wolters had two doubles, three RBIs. Lexi Perrin had a hit and an RBI. Brooklyn Evans had two hits. And Avery Pegg, two hits, a home run, and three RBIs for her. And a win over Chippewa Valley, which... Chippewa Valley took took their lumps in coming up here. Well, it, it's really interesting because it, it just feels like they played a ton of games. Well, some, yeah. I know St. Clair originally was supposed to play five, um, and they dropped one with Northern that was supposed to be like the leadoff game on Saturday. But, yeah, some teams were playing like three. Some teams played five, which, hey, if your JV season's done and you can bring up four or five girls to help fill in some gaps and see where you're at – what I noticed looking at some of the lineups and everything, this was the time to experiment a little bit. Right before districts, all the teams in here are pretty good. See how it works out. All right, let's put her over here. Can we get away with moving this lineup around? Mm -hmm. And that's what I noticed, a lot of experimentation over the weekend. Because, uh, again, like Chippewa Valley, they were kind of heckling uh, Jekyll and Hyde. They give up 10 to Marysville, and then obviously they pitch somebody different against North Branch because they beat them one to nothing. Right. Right. Um, earlier in the day, Romeo beat Crosslex five to two, and yeah, Chippewa Valley beat North Branch one to nothing. So I'm guessing that's when Chippewa Valley threw their ace. That was a battle that North Branch had a lot of low scoring affairs. The bats weren't as good for North Branch in some of these games as as their pitching was. Yeah. Courtney Ludisher had a had a nice weekend. Well, she's turn she's turning in quietly over again, hidden up in North Branch, and Dushetsky was getting the headlines early in the season. But that was the name we knew. She's turned into a dominant pitcher. She like has the BWAC has emerged with another stud pitcher. And I think when the chips are down, don't know this for a fact, and I could be wrong. But I think when the chips are down, you're going to see Ludisher on the mound in like a district final. When they, if they were to play MLA City, I think in the district final, I think you'd see Ludisher in a potential regional game against like Goodrich. I think you'd see Ludisher. Yeah, because she's been pitching really, really well, and that allows Dushetsky to go to shortstop. Yeah, and and you get your you get your best your best athlete gets to do more things for right. You. 
So that was all for the softball on Friday. Where do you want to go? We only had a couple baseball games Friday. You want to get those before yeah. we go to the weekend? Yeah, because right. uh, well, this, this one was kind of kooky, and you saw the other. Yeah, I'll talk about the one I saw first. Um, Cardinal Mooney beat Our Lady of the Lakes 5-2 uh, to two at Comerica Park. Real quick, I just want to – I told you this off the air, but I want to share this because this was something I've never seen, and I don't think I'll see again. Um so at Comerica Park, there's there's four Catholic League games. If you're unaware of how it's set up, they have the Central League Tournament, which is Brother Rice, Catholic Central, is Liggett, and St. Mary's were the four semifinal teams. And then there's the rest of the Catholic League, basically the non-giant Catholic League teams. So Cardinal Mooney was playing Our Lady of the Lakes. Bishop Foley was playing Divine Child. Um, and it was originally set up. It was going to be like 2, 3, 30, 5, and 7 or whatever for the uh, at Comerica Park. Well, the rain was coming in Friday, so the Catholic League and Comerica Park moved everything up. I don't know how they decided who moved up where, but Catholic Central and Brother Rice, who was originally supposed to be, I think, the third game of the day, became the first game of the day and started at 11 or 11.30. Well... First of all, they were only given an hour and a half between start times, which is setting yourself up for failure, even with the 1-1 count. If a quick game goes an hour and 20, you still need 15, 20 minutes to get out on the field, run around, warm the arms up and before you start. But anyway, it doesn't help when the first game is a high-scoring game. It went like 8-1, to one, Brother Rice, and then Catholic Central was coming back, and it's getting to like 1-30, and we're only in the 5th, and Cardinal Mooney and uh, Our Lady of the Lakes are just waiting. They go out for the sixth, and then they call everyone back in. Like, what the hell's going on here? Come to find out, and I, if this, and I was a coach or an AD for one of the teams, I'd be pissed. They called them all off. The Catholic League basically said, we need this field. We need to get this moving along. The rain's not going to wait for us. You guys are now moved to Brother Rice. So they delayed the game yeah, so after You guys get out of here. Get on your buses. Yeah. I know you've Go played to another five venue. Here, and Catholic Central was in the middle of a rally, like throughout the last couple of innings. All right, go to go somewhere else and finish the game there because we have other games to play. And I don't know if I've ever seen a game get delayed, um, and especially a high – like. That's a big game, being a Catholic League semifinal, mm -hmm. being delayed and relocated mid-game for time constraints. Plus, you got to move umpires, too. Yeah, and that was the other thing. The umpires had already had another assignment at like 3 or 3.30, so they couldn't go there. And I guess when they first got to Brother Rice, there weren't any umpires there. So, yeah, if uh, I'm a coach of one of those teams, I'm going to not be very happy with that decision. <laughs> I would have uh, let my opinion be heard. But anyway, I liked it because I wanted to see Cardinal Mooney. And <laughs> Cardinal Mooney, they were the better team, and they showed it against Our Lady of the Lakes. Blake Klutzke was on the mound, and on the day, he gave up three hits. If it was a college game, all three of those hits might be ruled errors. They just weren't hard hit, or excuse me, I had, two hits down or whatever it was. Anyone that was given a hit to Our Lady of the Lakes could have been ruled an error. Like, they were ones hit off the tip of the glove. There weren't hard hit balls off of Blake Lutzke. And Cardinal Mooney, 
hit enough. In the third inning, they pushed across a couple of runs thanks to an RBI double from Ryan Trombley. In the, in the fourth, Brendan Hazenleader hit a ball 370 feet out into left center to hop the the home bullpen, the the one that's, you know, closer to center field. If he hits it at any other ballpark he's played this year, it's a no doubt home run. So he triples, he comes home to score, it's 4 to nothing. Back-to-back doubles from Gerling and Bodecker add another run. It's 5 to nothing. Mooney actually kicked it around a little in the 7th. It was a hit batter and uh, excuse me, um for our Lady of the Lakes, it was error, error, um, a single that wasn't a great hit. <laughs> but uh, Lutsky struck out the side. He ended the day with 12 strikeouts. He did walk three, but gave up three weak-ish hits. But they have an official score there, so I went with what he was giving out. And Mooney, in a 5-2 game, never felt like they were in trouble uh, and moves on to the Catholic League Championship for the second time in three years. And, and again, you know, it feels like they've kind of been coasting under the radar. I mean, we've known all along, Mooney's good. We've right. been telling you all along, Mooney's good. We just haven't seen a lot of Mooney and haven't had a lot of opportunity to to get up close and personal with them. But they're right where we thought they'd be, and things are going as ordered. And even if they don't win this which championship they're playing game. Child, who they've beaten four times already. Yeah. So you, you, you feel they're the favorite to, to get that done. You still look at, you know, their path, and you feel like this is a team that can make a run. Oh, absolutely. They are the favorite in a lot of uh, – in a lot of the games. Now, I know there are teams that they're going to be worried about, and you have to be. You can't just assume you're going to make this run, but they are the favorite. And baseball is a weird game. Like, we've seen teams, I mean, it was a few years ago, a three-win Marysville team, well, a handful of years ago now, a three-win Marysville team won the district. Like, it is possible, and one bad game can slip you up. I mean, Richmond a few years ago was the favorite against St. Francis and they just didn't have a good game and didn't make the, the state finals. And I can remember like two years in a row uh, Marysville and St. Clair were, were all the talk and Algonac, yeah. before they were Algonac went there and won like the yeah. district back-to-back yeah. times. Yeah, so it, it <laughs> definitely can happen but Mooney has the arms and the thing is some of these teams they'll play, they'll have three or four good players but the drop-off's hard. One through nine for Mooney is very solid. Uh, they have five, six arms they can probably go to until you get to a quarterfinal, semifinal, and you have to shorten the bench up. But they have guys that, yeah, Mooney can make a deep run. But first, hey, why don't you go win that Catholic League championship corner ballpark, the old Tiger Stadium, 5 o'clock on Wednesday. I'll be there. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, uh, there was one other baseball game uh, for uh, Friday, a 10-inning affair. Can you think of a longer baseball game in the short time we've been covering this? No, we, we, like, we've had some eight innings, nine innings. I don't remember any games I don't getting I've into ever gone 10 or 11. Or, the longest game I can remember is Richmond-Millington softball. It went nine in the regional final yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah, and those feel like, when, when you're used to seven-inning games, those feel like long games. Right. 
But uh, Crosley, especially when it's this high scoring, yeah, Crosley ends up winning this one eleven to nine. There's a lot going on here. Drew Hosterman two hits, a double, knocked in two. Braylon Davis had two hits, a double, and knocked in a run. Nolan Moore with two hits, including a double. Jet Weeder had a hit and drove in two. Nick Monzo with two hits, two RBIs. Alondo Mendoza had a hit and an RBI. Uh, Lincoln Galbraith with a hit and an RBI, and Benny Mendoza had a hit and an RBI for the Pioneers, and uh, Northern was swinging away, too. Jake Kerrigan had a hit in the RBI. How about Dylan Bloink? Four hits, homered, knocked in uh, two. That's a big game. Ty Fletcher, a hit in an RBI. Alex Armstrong, two hits in an RBI. Ryan Frolastro had two hits, a double, two RBIs. Owen O'Connor, two hits in an RBI. And uh, Tucker Corby has a very had had, was a, had had a very nice season so far for uh, yes, they, Northern. Yes, Three hits and two RBIs in that game. And Cross-Lex, that's a nice win for them um, against a solid Northern team and a gutty win in 10 innings where I think both teams scored three in the, the eighth or the ninth to keep extras going. Um, yeah, two teams that haven't had maybe the season they've wanted but need to gear up for districts. Yeah. All right. So Saturday was a little bit uh, busier. I think we'll pick up with baseball. There are fewer games in base, still a few, but fewer. And then softball is maybe going to take uh, a week to get through everything that happened on uh, Saturday. But uh, we will deal with that uh, in uh, just a, a moment here. As soon as I can, uh, you have no yep. idea what I've been going through uh, today with these computers. All right. Uh, All right. As are soon as I can get to break? here and go like this. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. What passions do you want to pursue next in life? Do you want to be a sculptor, a volunteer, teach your grandkids to fish? Your Ameriprise financial advisor, Dave Betts, can help you plan for the life you want today and well into the future. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Dave Betts at 810-987-5370. Offices located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City has been family-owned and operated since 1997. In-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred. At Preferred, yours prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff, serving St. Clair, Sanilac, Genesee, and northern Macomb counties. Give Melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote. No high-pressure sales. Just great service from Preferred Seamless Gutters in Imlay City. Call 800-964-6613 today. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. 
Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual, and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome uh, back. Let's uh, go to baseball for Saturday uh, first. Uh, because there was a lot of uh, activity. Uh, PH and Armada played a, a doubleheader, uh, Brady, and they get a, a split. The encouraging thing for Armada is their offense is starting to uh, to pick up. And, and baseball's not a sport where your defense should suffer from no. that. Or, but PH got six on them in a 6-5 uh, game one victory. Five of those came in the bottom of the sixth, I believe. Wow. Colton Barnett, he had a good double header. He had two hits in game one. Peyton Mullins had a pair of hits, including a double. Gavin Troy doubled, had two RBIs. Jackson Carl had a hit and two RBIs. Four port here on high. For Armada, Ryan Ching had three hits. Nolan Hill had a hit and an RBI. And Hunter Filber had two knocks for Armada in the loss. And then in the win, another six runs, this time for Armada. Zach Marcy had two hits. Nolan Hill had two hits, a double, and two RBIs. And Jacob Dean has two hits and three RBIs. For PH, Colton Barnett said he had a big day. He added three hits in game two, a double and an RBI. That and a Peyton Mullins triple was just about all the offense Port here on high could muster in the nightcap. Yeah, but uh, again... Our Armada is an interesting team. I don't know where they're going to stack up in the districts because See, the, the districts the, the Yale are interesting. Is, Yale is a tricky game. They're all like kind of tricky games where I don't want to rule anybody out. Like I have definite favorites, right? Uh, I who think I North, think is supposed North to win is hosting. They're the favorite. Yeah, like that's. I don't think that's a hot take to say North Branch. They've been near the top of the BWAC. They have some of the best pitching. They're going to be the favorite. But remember last year, I believe North Branch hosted it there, and maybe it was Yale. I don't remember, but kind of thought maybe they were the favorite last year, and Yale bounced them in like the semifinals. Yeah, and it was a Yale Cross Lex final, and those were two teams I don't think we expected to be in the finals last year. Um. North Branch draws MLA City, so they're probably getting to the finals. But I don't think any of Yale, Armada, or Cross Lex, who they would play there, would be a, a pushover. Yeah, the the of those three teams, whichever one comes out when the smoke clears, you have to pay attention. Right. You have to be ready to play that game. Now, the bad news for any of those three teams is North Branch might not, probably won't throw Mitchell in that yeah, first they're, game. Yeah, they're going to probably so gonna save their see, ace see their ace in the the championship but uh, you get to this point of the season you expect that you have to beat the other team's best right but you usually you hope okay we get them in the second game we'll have to face their number two but yeah 
probably won't be the case. All right. Uh, Marysville uh, drops a doubleheader to Chippewa Valley on Saturday. These are some high-scoring games. Chippewa Valley took the first game 10-5. to Trent Vaggie did have a hit in an RBI. R.J. Clark, two hits, two RBIs. Connor Randall, a hit in an RBI. And Luke Badley had a hit and an RBI for the Vikings in game one. And then if you thought game one was high scoring, game two was 15-7 to for Chippewa uh, Valley. Vaggie homered in that one and drove in two. He's been hitting well. Yeah. Uh, and R.J. Clark has been swinging it lately. Last two uh, weeks, yeah. it seems like he's getting at least one or two knocks every game. Because hey, he had an RBI uh, double in this one. And uh, Cooper Smith... With two hits and two RBIs, we, we seem to see Cooper on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and we've said and his name a couple job. of times. He pitches, um, too. For Marysville, one thing you missed, we talked about long games. This is one thing I I hadn't seen. Uh, Marysville lost to Frazier back on Thursday, not to open old wounds for the Vikings, but you weren't here. Uh, they lost one to nothing in nine innings. Wow. They had a no-hitter going through eight and a third. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. Tough way yeah. to go. Yeah, so we were just talking about those long games, and that bringing up Marysville just jogged the memory of we had that, and that's just like they're just snake bitten. I don't know what kind of ritual Caleb Dahlman needs to do to break the hex that's on that team, but they, uh, yeah, so they're showing signs, and then see here they're hitting. Yeah, just give them a little bit more of that hitting back on Thursday. Well, that that's what they don't do. They don't hit and defend or hit and pitch on the same days. It feels like if they're not pitching, they're like, "Oh, we got to hit, we got to hit." And when they're pitching, it's like, "Oh, we we got good pitching. We'll, we'll get a run across at some point." Yeah, it it's just been kind of a weird uh, season for them. But again, uh, and with a lot of the the teams that that we cover, you kind of. That's part of inexperience in youth and being a young team. Right. Um, Algonac played two games. They two host different kind yeah. of games. Oh, yeah. They, and they, they've brought everyone in from across the state. I think that more people have learned where Algonac is this year <laughs> than any year before. Um, Algonac beat Lansing Waverly in game one of this uh, Saturday try, 17-6. to Ty Schultz, two hits, a home run, two RBIs. Matt Meldrum, two hits, including a grand slam for six RBIs on the day. And Cal Molesky, three hits, a home run, three RBIs. Algonac, the ball's been carrying there at the baseball field. I think there have been probably seven, eight home runs hit at the field this year. Um, three have been hit off of Kasner. Those are the only three runs he's given up. But there have been fly balls there that I'm like, all right, that's kind of routine, and they just keep going. And apparently it was carrying um, on Saturday because Schultz, Meldrum, and Molesky all get one against Waverly. Yeah. Uh, and then they come back uh, in their second game, and it's a pitcher's duel. But Algonac wins it 2-1. to one. And, yes, there was a home run in this game. Uh, Cal Molesky uh, drove in a run with a hit. And then Evan Sadler walked the game off yeah, with beat, a home run. They beat Lance Cruz North 2-1, to one, who I've seen them play. They're a good ball team. That's a team that's... In the top half of the Mac White, uh, that is a very quality win on a Saturday. That's a tough team to play, and yeah, walk off home run. That's a fun way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, um, the the ball there seems to be a jet stream this year to left. That kind of from the left field line out to the left center gap. 
The the one I saw Trey Taylor hit this year was just a, a BB. Yeah, there's another one. And, and now it just got out in a actually second. Actually, a lot of what I think all the home runs I've seen there have been from opposing teams, and now Algonac gets their fair share at home. Yeah. But with the end of this week for the MAC teams, they're done with league play. Like MAC baseball, they're kind of in a holding pattern. And it's it's the long two weeks because if you don't have a a uh, a game or, or a pre-district, then you're waiting all this week. And you might play one game here. Or you, people usually will have like a doubleheader on Saturday, something to get them ready. And then you have to wait a whole nother week for that district. It feels like the district just takes forever to get here at this point because there's no more league play. And especially if you're a team that was kind of out of league play, you might have checked out of that a bit early, starting to focus on the district. And while it's close, it's not just around the corner. You still have to wait about well, 12, 13 more days, depending on if you play Friday or Saturday. Yeah, but I, I guess if you're a manager, you're happy right now because, A, you can work on what you need to work on, and, two, you can get your pitching in order. Yeah, that's the other thing is even when you do play, you know they're, they're not going to be the same high competitive games. Pitchers are probably going to go – three, maybe four innings if you want to really push them. But you're trying to get all your ducks in a row so next Friday or Saturday you're ready to go and try to surprise someone. Yeah, because that's where, again, we've talked about it. That's where it's tougher for the baseball guys is they have to worry about their pitching going into the postseason, whereas softball, you can just keep rolling through your routine. Right, and then the other age-old argument you'll have at this point is rest versus rust. How long do you want to rest your pitcher? If they've been in a rhythm and they've been thrown every fifth, sixth day for six weeks now, do you take them out of that or do you try to give them a week's rest? Do you throw a little bullpen, try to have maybe a simulated game with the JV seasons coming to an end, bring them up? There, there's a lot of nuance right now and a lot of different ways you can handle this uh, this postseason stuff, especially for MAC teams. But for the BWAC, there's some high, highly entertaining series coming up that are going to affect who wins the league. Yeah. So, uh, again, the, the, ne- the next two days, I guess we'll know about the BWAC uh, in softball come Wednesday. Well, and baseball, too, yeah. And, and, and then we'll start uh, – we'll, we'll get over that and start speculating how all these districts are going to turn out when we get an Algonac-Almont rematch – uh, in in a semifinal game of all the crimes of the century. Yeah, that's in softball. Baseball would yeah. be a final. Uh, and when when we send Richmond over against our top MAC teams, right? Uh, and uh, it, we're, it's going to be fun. Uh, I, I we like North Branch's uh, chances. Um, it's going to be a, a fun uh, post season. And speaking of softball. There are about 700 scores to go through, so I'm going to take this break, and then we'll start working on Saturday softball. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. 
Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball. Call 810-987-2185. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I'm supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things. Like not being that fan. Come on, Raf. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back, and uh, let's uh, get into uh, softball. Again, uh, there was a uh, ton of it. Teams are all over the uh, the place, and I'm not even sure how we're going to sort this uh, mess out. But uh, uh, well, let's start with the one team that wasn't at the SC Four okay. tournament, Almont. Uh, they started off. I don't. I think they were in a tournament themselves. They played three games and they won all three. They started off with Ubley, a nine to one win. Grace Koenig uh, had two hits, a home run, and an RBI. Brooklyn Bunch, two hits, a double, two RBIs. Kendall Rashevsky, a hit. Drove in three. Lauren Webster, two knocks and a triple. Lydia Lacavera, a triple and an RBI. And Gabby Carlson had two hits. Kind of expect that win over Ubley. Uh, then they took on Riverview. Gabriel Richard, a 12-0 victory for them there. Grace Koenig, another, another triple and an RBI. Brooklyn Bunch, a double, a triple, two RBIs. Ellie Shapman had three hits, including an RBI. Rosheski had Three doubles and four RBIs. That's a pretty good game to yeah. play. Lauren Webster, three hits, a double, and three RBIs. So two games you kind of expect Almont to win and win the way they did. Yeah, and then uh, later they beat Gross Point North 8-1 to one just because they hadn't hit enough. Right. So Grace Koenig had three hits in that one, a couple of doubles, a couple of RBIs. Kendall Roshesky, three hits, another double. Lacavera homered and drove in three, and Carlson had two more hits and knocked in a, another run. So oh, yeah. And Ghost Point North just, you know, sitting in the middle of the Mac Red. Yeah. So another BWAC or Mac team we have that went on to play the Mac Red and then beats them. And then Koenig, is that a season record or a career, career record? Career, career record. Career record for runs scored, which for I think was, was only just set like a year ago by the Johnson girl who graduated. Yeah. Yeah, there was there there have been some records set for this Almont team this last uh, few runs, but I'd like to see 
how like if we just swapped let since we have Gross Point North, Gross Point North and Almont, or Gross Point North and Richmond, or Gross Point North and Algonac, pick your good BWAC team and put them in the MAC Red. I don't know if they win it, but I think they're in the top three because we've had the teams play Romeo and beat Romeo. I've seen Algonac beat Dakota. Algonac beat Dakota. Dakota did flip pitchers in the middle of the game, so it would be a little different with the league game because I'm not going to play naive and act like when a MAC Red team, they're not gearing up to play a BWAC team. Like, yeah. They're not treating that as big as, big as uh, the inverse. But still, the, our local teams have played and beat Anchor Bay. Our local teams have played and beat Chippewa Valley and Gross Point North, and I think someone's beaten Eisenhower and Henry Ford and... All the other teams in the yeah. Mac Red, and that's supposed to be one of the. That's usually one of the best leagues in the state. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep reiterating that point because it is impressive what the BWAC is doing. Okay, we're going to go um, chronologically, I guess, from Saturday at SC4 because there are just a ton of games, and to try to do it by team, we're going to be jumping around anyway. Day started off with Romeo beating Marine City ten to five. Uh, Alyssa Chartier had two hits, a double. Graceland Hobbs had a hit, two RBIs. Emma Terhune had two hits, a double, and an RBI. Meanwhile, Marysville was taking on Northern and a 20-2 win for Marysville. With a walk-off grand slam. Yes. Well, again, <laughs> walk-off, game-ending. It, 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 it's a game-ending yes. hit, so uh, that, that's the term they use. Um, and a lot of the players that played for Marysville – were their depth players, some players that you might not see in league games, and they, they showed out. Calista Nagan had two hits. Jade Schiller, three hits, a double, a home run, seven RBIs. Allison Fraley, a double, a home run, three RBIs. Kendall Quain, two hits, a double, an RBI. Brooklyn Evans, two hits, an RBI. Adeline Veggie, two hits, and two RBIs. And Kaylee Cordero, three hits, two doubles, and the walk-off grand slam for a six RBI day. So not too bad. You get two players, Schiller and Cordero, 13 RBIs between them with four extra base hits. Yeah, and two home runs. Five extra base hits, excuse me. Yes. Um, so you go from that, and North Branch played Romeo, and I thought this was a typo. Nope. Zero uh, zero tie. In At, seven innings. In seven innings. So they had a time limit. And they, they made it through seven, and, well, it was still tied. So they went, all right, we got to keep it moving along. Tie game, scoreless, like a soccer match. Uh, Courtney Ludisher went seven innings of one-hit softball with only a walk and struck out 11. Yeah, that, again, against a Romeo lineup that's decent. Uh, we saw them a couple weeks ago going against Marysville and Algonac in a tournament. Yep. Um, the Ro Romeo's got some players and some speed too, and Ludisher just didn't let anybody get on base. Uh, and again, another high volume strikeout game for her. From one tie to another, this time there were runs scored. Croslex and Northern tied. 
They each got a touchdown, 7-7 seven, seven, tied. And made their extra points. Yes, they did. Marissa Ramo had two hits in an RBI. Anna Hall had a couple of base hits, a double and a home run for a three RBI day. That's a nice day for Anna Hall. And Ariana Hagen had a hit in an RBI, so she continues to hit after having the walk-off last week against Port Huron High. I feel like she's hitting way over 400 this she, year. I think Randy Shagney, last time I was there, gave me the stats, and I believe she was hitting like 460. Yeah, she that, has that been wouldn't surprise me. Probably the breakout player for them that yeah. has been really, really solid. Uh, Shaylee Kading had three hits and an RBI. Lovey Yerke had two hits and two RBIs. And Brooklyn Schultz had three hits, a home run, and three RBIs for the Pioneers in the tie. So a couple of ties on a Saturday, and we'll just keep going along. Talk about our area teams beating Mac Red opponents. St. Clair beats Chippewa Valley 11-2. Maddie Cole, two hits, a double, three RBIs. Hadley Schwarz, a double and an RBI. Aaron Saros, two hits, two RBIs. Claire Borg put one over the fence for a two-run shot. Anna Pat Salas, who we haven't said her name a lot, had a good end of the week, continues it on the weekend, a double and an RBI. And Tabitha Furlan with a double and two runs driven in. All right, Marysville ends up out slugging North Branch 7-5. to Avery Walters, four hits, including a triple, a home run, and three RBIs. Needed that double. Uh, Lexi Perrin with two hits, and she had the double. Callista Nagan had a double and two RBIs. Ryan Quain, a hit and an RBI. For North Branch, Addie Cobb. Two hits, a double. Ella Schwash had two hits, a triple, and an RBI. Uh, Alana Deshetsky with three hits and an RBI. Kate Welch had two hits in the game. And Emily Brinker had two hits, two RBIs. Um, we, we talk about a lot of girls. We've talked about Avery Walters a lot. But I, I don't know that Avery Walters will win player of the year, but we have to mention her name in that conversation. If we had a ballot, she'd be on it. Yes. I just don't. There's some other players that are in consideration, but she's made it really hard not to have her name up there, and you could draw up a case. But for Marysville, all the names we said in game one, the only one we said again was Callista Nagan in game two. Yeah. they. Well, he's got like 17 de- kids, and they can all play. Yes. And there's no, like I said, there's no charity at-bats. No. They, they all hit, and they outslug North Branch in a very interesting game. Algonac outslugs St. Clair 11-2. to And, again, some of the top players doing big-time things. Kenna Bomarito, two hits, a home run, three RBIs. Ella Stevenson, two hits, a double, a home run, three RBIs. Sierra Vossler, two hits, a home run, two RBIs. So the top three in that order are just mashing. Yeah, uh, and they hit when they get locked in, they hit for power. And the the other scary thing about them is their power is kind of straight away. Like Bomarito will pull the odd home run right. down the left field line, but for the most part, they homer the ball left center to yeah, right the middle center. third of the field. Uh, and 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 usually no wall scrapers. The ball gets out by a lot. Right. Um, also for Algonac, Michael Kennel had two hits. Ainsley Trombley a hit in an RBI. For St. Clair, Maddie Cole did get a pair of doubles and two RBIs, but she was the only Saint hitting in that game. 
So from a big Algonac win to a little Algonac win, <laughs> a two to nothing win over Marine City. Jocelyn Dietland had two hits for Marine City, but Algonac uh, had too much with J.C. Reams doubling in a run. Ella Stevenson two more hits, and Sierra Vossler uh, had a double. That's a good showing for Marine City. They just couldn't quite make it happen. Yeah. Uh, Mary still beats Romeo 9-6. to Megan Winston homers in this one. Avery Walters with three more hits, including a double. Lexi Perrin doubles home two runs. Ryan Quain with a hit and an RBI. Emma Curtis with a hit knocks in two runs in the win for uh, Marysville. Uh, and, and again, Marysville might give up the the crooked number occasionally. Well, I think there are three home runs for Romeo in yeah, this game. But, but they just hit so much that they can give up six and still win by three, and, and it feels comfortable. Right. And, again, another really good team comes in, and Marysville takes care of them. They beat you – no, know, they lost to them the first time, right? Yeah. That was the comeback. Yeah. So a little bit of revenge for yeah, Marysville. Yeah, the, they just took an inning off and they, went to sleep. They should have beat them now twice this year. Yeah. Um, St. Clair started just mashing the ball against Cross Lex, 17-5. Tabitha Furlan with four hits. Maddie Cole, two hits, a home run, three RBIs. So she was locked in over the weekend. Ashlyn Zimmer's been locked in. Uh, she had, I think, three RBIs against Utica. I think she had five in the second game against Stevenson. And here against Cross Lex, four hits, a double, and seven RBIs for Ashlyn Zimmer. She's been hitting the ball really well, and that's all St. Clair needs is another big bat mm -hmm. in the lineup. Uh, Addie Blank had two hits, a double, and an RBI. For Cross-Lex, though, had a little bit of power. Riley Robertson with two hits and a home run, three RBIs. Ella McMillan had a home run that was a solo shot, and Addison McMillan had a base knock that drove in a run. Yeah, if there's anything that I took out of the, the weekend, uh, it, it's uh, that – Schindler was giving up some home runs. Yeah, when she was pitching, she, when she'd get hit, she'd get hit hard. Um, and there was, well, we'll talk about the North Branch game in a second. The One of the other late games was Algonac just pushing Chippewa Valley to the side. Uh, nine to nothing, Algonac beats Chip Valley. Kenna Bomrito, two doubles in an RBI. Ella Stevenson, a home run and two RBI. She's probably, what, 12 to 15 now for the year? Feels like just it feels like yeah. yeah. Feels like she's especially in May. She, once the weather warmed up, her bat got even hotter. Uh, Michael Kennel had three hits and a double, so she had a nice weekend. Camden Thaler with a hit and two RBIs. Dee Delang a hit and two RBIs. Someone who hadn't been in the lineup for Algonac now hitting for them the past week or so. You saw her yeah. have two really nice at bats against Emily City. There was a long stretch this season where they DP'd for her. They love her at first base, mm -hmm. and she's actually maybe the best hands in the area over at first base. Uh, and then finally on senior day, they're like, well, you get to hit, it's senior day. And she got a couple of hits and just looks like a changed person. Ava Murray also had a pair of hits and an RBI. And Chippewa Valley's day ended with them playing Marine City and losing 8-7. to seven. Uh, It's That's crazy. <laughs> they played like nine games. So, uh. oh, wait, <laughs> j just because I'm curious, over the weekend, uh, on Friday, they lost to Marysville, and then they beat North Branch one to nothing. 
and it was like they sold their soul because then they lost to St. Clair by nine, they lost to Algonac by nine, and they lose to Marine City. So they play five games, they go one and four, and the one game they win is a one nothing pitcher's duel. Uh, against a team that's got offense to spare. Right, and we'll see in a second. But, uh, yeah, they lose eight to seven to Marine City. Uh, Reese Atkinson, two hits, including a triple. Jocelyn Dietland had a hit and drove in two. And Alyssa Chartier tripled and drove in three. And Alyssa Chartier, really the last month, has been hitting the ball hard for power. She's a big girl. It's a middle-of-the-order bat. We've kind of been waiting for this, and it's come. And she's been their most consistent hitter most of the year. Yeah. like It seems like she's the one you always know is going to have an extra base knock in there. North Branch does have power, and they showed it off. 16-4 to against St. Clair. And, well, the bats were out for North Branch. Added Cobb, three hits, two doubles, three RBIs. Natasha Bickle, two hits, a home run, four RBIs. Jasmine Mock with two hits. Emily Brinker with uh, a home run that drove in two. And Kate Welch with two hits, including a home run that helped her get to two RBIs. Maddie Cole, again, was one of the hitters for St. Clair. Two hits and a double. Addie Blank had a home run and an RBI, but in a 12-run loss. Doesn't have as much uh, pizzazz to it. Yeah, but... Still, put one over the fence, but you like to do it when you're in a close game. Yeah. Uh, again, it's hard, it's hard when you get into this tournament situation. There's so many games played in, in one day and how teams are playing early in the day compared to how they're playing late in the day. Can, you know, how was the weather? Was it a hot day? Was it a cool day? All of that stuff factors in. And I think sometimes that's why we see these crazy scores. The bottom line is though, is that especially in this event, there were a lot of good teams with a lot of good hitting. And so sometimes I think this kind of stuff happens like is North Branch really 12 runs better than St. Clair? No. I don't think so. But it St. Clair, we'll, we'll find out later in the week if they have everyone there, um, and that could have played an issue, a part into that. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, at, at full strength, if this was a quarterfinal game, I don't think it's going to be a 12-run game. No. I, I, I would expect uh, high scoring, yes, but closer. So what do you take out of this whole weekend? I mean, there was a ton of games. I mean, I guess you could do baseball as well because there were a few baseball games. But for softball, a lot of area teams played each other in a lot of uh, games. What do you – What any thoughts, anything that jumps out to you? I just feel like Brady Algonac has kind of pushed themselves up to the top and said, we're at the top of this mountain and you guys have to push us off. That's really the way I feel about it, and I know Elmont was in a different event, and they're going, hey, over in the BWAC, we're right. pushing them off right. the top. They're both 11-1 and one right now, and they're the only team to beat Algonac in BWAC play. So, uh, and, and I don't know that I, I, I've kind of been reluctant to say this all year, mm -hmm. but maybe that Elmont-Algonac playoff game is the game that decides – who was the best team in our area this year? Really? It, it, it might have to be. I just, I'm looking at scores, what they did to, you know, St. Clair, what, what they do when, when, when they play teams. They seem to be that team that can rise up to their opponent and get it done. Yeah. 
And I think when you – well, the biggest thing is when you have a, a workhorse on the mound. Yeah. That makes the biggest difference. Yeah, she's been out of her uh, – Canna has been out of her mind all year long, um, and they, they've only had one bad game all year, and she didn't throw in it. And as part of it, maybe um, whether we we do it subconsciously or not, is they just have the star power too. Like they, oh, have- it, it is flashy. And I've even said to you, I don't think their lineup one through nine is as good as last year's lineup. Right. I don't. It's good. They got a lot of good hitters. But yeah, when when you go, okay, their their top four of Bomarito, Reams, Stevenson. Vossler, when those four kids hit, I'm sorry, you're not beating them. And the the argument I made is why to compare the two teams is I think Algonac stars are shining brighter this year. Like I think their best are being absolutely elite, and that's where the difference comes in. Is that they're that when Bomarito's on, game over. When Stevenson's hitting, it's two doubles and a home run five RBIs and you combine those two alone that you they might only need three girls playing really well and it's hard to beat them and then when they get the whole lineup going like if D Delang comes in and starts hitting again okay that makes it even more impossible yeah because that now gives them an extra bat and again they have nice bats down but but it's a little bit younger as you get down the lineup and those girls don't have the resumes right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- those will build up over the next few seasons. But, yeah, they they just and, – and, again, the way – I watch Ken Abomarito do things. Against MLA City, 14 strikeouts in game one, a 3 nothing no-hitter against a lineup that puts the ball in play generally and, and can hit. And then in game two, oh, it's close? Well – Let's go to the bullpen, yeah. and she comes in and throws 18 pitches, all strikes, six strikeouts. Right. Can I offer you um, just something else that Marysville just finds ways to win? They've and, always done that, though. But like that's coaching. Right. It's, it's their culture. It's, the, it's this group that's going through and, Marysville And, yeah, they right have exceptional the female, female athletes. That they just find ways to win. And it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's Kaylee Cordero in there um, playing. It feels like they all understand what the the standard is, and they all live up to it. I mean, they went 4-0 on the weekend. They beat Chippewa Valley. They beat Northern. They beat North Branch. And they beat Romeo. So they beat a top team in the BWAC. They beat two MAC Red teams. And they beat a Northern team that's trying to figure it out. But when they played them, they dominated them. So Marysville goes 4-0, and and it just feels like they have that. And they've already beaten factor. St. Clair once this year because right. that's a league game. And, and they played Algonac and were competitive. And really could have won that game because they were what? They were up 3-1 in that game, 4-1. Uh, I think they were up 3 nothing to start. Yeah. And they ended and up losing 8-3. It was to three. just one inning that got yeah. away from them. I don't know. Marysville just has that it factor where it just feels like they are going to find a way. Like it's, oh, they're down in the sixth. They'll find a way to get a couple runners on and whether they have to do some goofy base running to get the other team off or I don't know. This might be completely, it just, I notice it more in games I've watched. 
but it just feels like, for whatever reason, the other team makes more errors when Marysville's hitting. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and we don't see them play volleyball, but we know it's the same group of kids right. play that, and we watch them play basketball, and we right. know that Coach Ratchie has hands on that. Right. Uh, and then we watch them play softball. They don't seem to have clicks. Like, everybody seems to generally, genuine, genuinely get along, uh, and, and, you know, it just – and the other the other part about it is yes there are stars, but nobody acts like a star. Everybody knows their role, right? And that you might one day you might have someone else step up. Like you can have seven different girls step up. And I joked with him. He's got like seventeen girls on the like the he because he was whining one day the the wind was blowing yeah. out. I'm like you got twelve girls that can hit the ball over the fence, right? And he's like. Well, yeah, that does help. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like you should be happy the wind is blowing out. Exactly. Um, all right, anything else uh, this week is going to be very BWAC heavy just because they're finishing up league play, and they have two pretty exciting conference title races where in softball, three different teams could still claim a league title. Yeah, and, uh, and we'll see the four games that involve uh, those uh, teams. Starting with uh, Richmond Almont today at Almont, we'll get it going at four o'clock. And in baseball, same three of the same or three teams can all stake a claim to a BWAC title. Algonac's the front runner; they're eleven and one. They win; they're BWAC champs. North Branch they sweep Algonac. They just need Almont to take one game from Richmond, and they get a share. So that'll be fun, and you'll see, I'll see the game. first half of the Richmond yep, series. I'll see the Rich, the game at Richmond between Almont and, and Richmond, and then I'll see the game at Algonac between North Branch and Algonac. All right. So those will be fun ones. The only way we might change it up, if Almont wins and Algonac wins, and then that game, uh, I think it's Tuesday, in Algonac doesn't mean anything, we might change it up if it's just – doesn't have an effect if Algonac's already outright BWAC champions. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like a plan to uh, me. I just know I got to be out in uh, Elmont for a 4 o'clock game today. Uh, we'll play two, and they'll both be very important, certainly to Elmont. We'll see how important Richmond thinks they are. Exactly, and see how they bounce back, but I have a, a feeling you're going to see a pretty heated couple of games. I think so, too. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.